The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Stephen Shapansky. Hello, hello. Uh, this series of Old Space Show follows the intergalactic, swashbuckling escape antics of Roche Blake and his ruffian crew in the first season of Blake's Seven. Today, we're discussing the 12th episode, Deliverance. In this episode, a spaceship crashes on the planet Cephalon, and when the crew of the Liberator answer a distress call, they find their own lives endangered. Jenna is captured by primitive savages, the ship is hijacked, and Blake is caught in a race against time. All right, for this penultimate episode, Michael E. Bryant is yeah. the hat. Uh, it's written by Tiny Terry Nation. I don't know who's tiny. I'm just trying to come up with something other than mm-hmm. just Terry Nation to say every week. Uh, starring Gareth Thomas, Sally Nevette, Paul Darrow, Jan Chapel, Michael Keating, David Jackson, Peter Tudnam, Jacqueline Pierce, Stephen Grief, Tony Contour, Suzanne Farmer, and James Lister. Always good when an episode opens up with Servalon. <laughs> because you think well it opens up a little shuttle it's funny uh i remember <laughs> seeing a i took out from the library a few times a, a visual effects book called doctor who visual effects it was uh written by matt irvine who uh amongst many other things on doctor who was responsible for uh, making canine and um in that book there was also a shot of some of his work on babylon on babylon 5 on blake 7 and it was what many, many, many years later turned out to be a shot of that uh, shuttle in the very first shot of this oh. episode. I didn't know what it was from, but I'm thinking, whoa, what is this Blake Seven show? They're shooting on blue screen. I had never seen a, sh- a behind the scenes shot of Doctor Who before on blue screen. So to me, Blake Seven was like this even more advanced BBC show. For adults. A, yeah, and they had a <laughs> cool looking like spaceship model and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, so when I saw that for the first time, I thought, that's the ship. That's the one. So Yeah. Very, 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 uh, war- very nostalgic episode for me. This, uh, <laughs> the awesome. one shot of this of the space shuttle in this. That little thing meant yep. a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of who watched, do we have anything going on with uh, the actress Stephen? Uh, well, we've got uh, Tony Conter, who is uh, oddly enough, he was cast in the Colony in Space to replace a female character, but the 
the the people at the BBC uh, said that I don't know if uh, a woman uh, who's sort of like a sadistic uh, commandant uh, seems a little kinky. Let's not cast a woman at all, and let's cast a man. Hmm. Uh, and that man was Tony Conter. And uh, um, and so Michael E. Bryant, who directed that, uh, directed this, and perhaps remembered him from that. And he's sort of the lead in here. He goes on to be in uh, Enlightenment as well, not directed by Michael E. Bryant. Ha. There we go. Um, and this one, yeah, uh, we have a little plot that's going to develop um, throughout this and the next episode. It's it's kind of a two-parter, right? It is. Uh, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the, uh, the, the how they tie it in together as a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of did this in, I'm trying to think, uh, wasn't there like in episode three... Uh, Cygnus Alpha, wasn't there like a bit of a recap, like the captain's log mm. kind of thing? Oh, Here's yeah, what yeah. happened. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of to, to remind the viewers, and there's sort of like it's kind of like an in, uh, um, dietic, uh, actual, <laughs> um, recap previously on, and they kind right. of do that next week for this one. So it was, uh, yeah, early days, early days mm-hmm. for, for two part stories where you, where you weren't necessarily expecting everyone to have turned in the previous week. If you didn't have an MC like Batman in 66, you had to find clever ways to do it. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, they get into like, I think it was in the eighties, uh, that started the whole previously on and then yep. just, yeah. Because that was, I'm, and then like the, the one of the, I don't know if the network shows still do that. Um, with the, the previously on, they do. They show click, they do. Okay. Thankfully, I, the streaming shows do too. Uh, and I appreciate the, the, that. The, I mean, with the, I, I was meeting with the voice that goes previously on. Oh, I know ah. they do do recaps. We still get recaps, but the the whole previously on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, it should be Majel Barrett doing it uh, yes. as, for the Star Trek Next Generation ones because those are the ones I always associate with them. And then I remember on Lost, uh, John Terry did them. Um, he was the guy who played Jack's father, that he, the dead father that he mysteriously kept seeing all around the island and appear in flashbacks, but he did all the previously on Lost, <laughs> things like that. Um, right. But yeah, the... The, the art of fitting it in mm-hmm. and then yeah or or the uh the whole um episode with the clip show episodes would it be funny if a streaming show did a clip show episode i <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> well we listen we paid for nine episodes you've only given us eight so clip show oh. i think that that would be uh just amazing if they did that uh what, one of my favorite gags of all time um was the the clerks cartoon series mm-hmm. uh the second episode of the entire series was a clip show episode and they only had one episode to reference <laughs> so it was the, part of the joke but it was right it was pretty funny i i, uh, I enjoyed because they got like stuck in the freezer and there's like reminiscing about one episode that had only been and uh it was it was it was pretty brilliant. Uh, yeah, the Clerks cartoon was ahead of its time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the better things Kevin Smith has ever done. Oh. So, but uh, yeah, so we're on Blake Seven though, talking about TV stuff, styling, right. stereotypes, history. Um, the, this one, uh, yeah, there's a, a ship that we find out more about. It's one of its passengers, I guess. Um, that there's a deal with Servalon. Um, she 
kind of like is going along with the deal, but has other motives and plans and like sets off a bomb on it and it crashes on a planet, which, or it's, there's two pods that swim around in space that uh-huh. the, the liberator picks up on and that kind of lead in those pods land on a planet that kind of leads the liberator to go, uh, check out the planet, which let let's be fancy here. It's a snowy rock quarry. I know you could tell that Love we've, it. Hit, we've hit the end of the uh, the production block, and it's uh, firmly into winter. It's probably this is probably shot in January 1978. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking uh, actual snow. Um, Avon uh, wearing my favorite outfit of his. That being uh, yeah. that, like he's he jettisons the uh, the space hoodie and goes goes full on silver coat uh, from here on in whenever he goes into cold uh, cold environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. I've seen people cosplay as that at conventions. Oh. Yeah, with that uh, that exact outfit on, so iconic it is. Um, I wonder how Gareth Thomas. Uh, who plays Raj Blake, uh, was thinking about this time, thinking like here, you know, it's his show, but this episode is very much like here's Avon. He gets to go down to the planet for the first, you know, it's, it's Blake who's up in the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, up manning the uh, the teleporter. Yep. And not only to that, like he's more or less kind of the star of his whole plot line, but he has this very bright silver outfit on that is unmistakable and you can't take your eyes off of him. Right. And, this almost feels like the beginning of Avon's star rising to me. Did they just like? Was he Paul Darrow just a guy they all liked on set and he was easy to work with, and that's why they're like, yeah, let's just keep being nicer to him. I don't know. I, and, I think this the character just yeah. led to so much. Poor, you know, poor right. Blake is very. He's a hero, you know, he, this is what right. he is. And vanilla and every, stuff. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like Luke Skywalker is kind of the same. You kind of mm-hmm. need that sort of to be the centerpiece of a, of a show that's about heroes. And then you can sort of a- allow for darker angles for the rest of the characters. And Blake doesn't really have that. I find, although I, I do take that back a little bit because I think the way that he treats, um, uh, Ensor when he's holding Callie hostage in this, um, it's it's kind of cruel in a way, you know. Like he's sort of like you know what, yeah. you, you know, you better be awake for because that one second uh, we could we can you know we'll we'll kill you basically. And, right. Uh, and there's this kind of standoff. Like he's uh, he's kind of being a little bit ruthless there. True. True. Yeah. The, and he's kind. Of, yeah. He's kind of being what you would expect. Avon. Avon would never do something like that, though. I feel like, but he would support somebody doing that. Um, I guess, but like, yeah, I I feel like with two, despite you know how Terry Nation writes and stuff, like it's hard not even with Terry Nation writing, he probably still gets nice quippy lines and interesting uh, directions for Avon. Like it's just in the nature of the character as created, and Darrow probably he adds a bit more to it. There's always, yeah, and you see growth in Avon almost, unlike yeah all the other characters like. Um, through it just, and I think it's in Darrow's performance, a lot of it too. Um, but this, yeah, this one too, like you mentioned, like a lot of it's Ava, but like for the, a good chunk of the first half of this episode, it is like transporting up and down and up and down and up and down and up, like you're going down. Okay. We're coming back up and you're going yeah. down. And, um, it's kind of, kind of interesting how they just extended a search like that, um, because that's yeah, it's a lot of Blake Seven stuff. Sometimes it's just like okay, let's look around. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, and it's another episode where uh, they beam down. Okay, be sure to be right where you are when we need to beam up because it's going to get pretty heavy down here. Oh, yeah. Understood. And naturally, the very next thing that happens, take us immediately away from this planet or I will shoot Callie. And thus, uh, the Liberator is is out of commission. Uh, I think it's what, right. the third time this season I think that's happened? People, people want to take that Liberator. It offers, it's the ship of dreams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, so like, yeah, Jenna gets taken away immediately so they don't have to write anything for her. Um, and then, yeah, Blake and Callie, who are on the ship for once, normally they're the A yeah. squad that goes down, um, are tied to this Ensor guy who's been injured, who has made the deal with Servalon, and he, he needs to get his father some fuel cells for his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mention of Orac. Like, ooh, is, whatever Orac is, some, whatever it is, something. I do like that. Uh, you know, of course, Servland. You know, Servland didn't get rich by writing uh, people checks for a hundred million credits. You know, no. uh, uh, so naturally she sabotages the ship uh, and has it go down. Uh, doesn't blow him up, of course. I think is what what he intended, what she intended to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of cool. I, li- I like that uh, once again, Serverland, Serverland, and Travis are, are back in the show again after a couple weeks off. Yeah, definitely. Um, and in, of course, they're 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 interesting ways, which um, they're we get here, um, and there's not just the savages on this planet to add to things. There's uh-huh. Megat. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, this who, is uh <laughs> yeah go on she is crazy and i dig it it's such the, a weird element thrown in here this whole that whole it, it means absolutely nothing to the plot <laughs> nope it doesn't <laughs> that's the thing uh it, it's in part it's kind of entertaining because to see how we get uh reacts to avon um in reality, it's it's something to give these three uh, or four crew members to do, uh, but it is completely superfluous. Oh, it's, yeah. It's only a reason to just have uh, Callie and Blake on the bridge. If there was one more person on the bridge, then they probably could have overtaken Ensor, but it had to be two people to have that kind of drama. So they said, well, let's create some weird drama where there's this one woman who's staying behind apparently and she's become a bit um a bit kooky and uh is sort of like just waiting for like the chosen one and because he's the first person that comes to the door or maybe because he's wearing his new silver coat Avon is that person uh and then all they do is say well we got to get these race banks uh in this rocket but what I think who is speaking? Who was speaking in the rocket to do the countdown and all that? Because that is something like was was there someone in there the whole time just sitting around waiting? Uh, mm. And what happened to Megat after that ship took off? Did she stay there? They didn't really mention where she went. She just sort of said, "Oh, she had a crush on you, didn't she, Avon? Yeah, she did." Anyway, on to other business. <laughs> I love that. She <laughs> seems what? to be on your side. On your side. <laughs> Yeah, but like, what happened to her? Did they just yeah. leave her there? Like, there's no one on that planet now, it's apart like, from the savages. It's like, well, that was nice. Yeah, like I figured, like she was going to be some add-on when it when it felt like this wasn't going to completely resolve. Yeah, I was like, oh, is she going to come? Al-? I was like, I couldn't remember. I was like, is she come along to the like, no, no, just 
No. And like, on. you know, her her rocket, the rocket that's, you know, of with the rank specs in it, like are going to reach their destination in 500 years. Yeah. So, uh they so they couldn't necessarily just sort of drop her off uh or like help with the rocket and push it along to get there sooner. So, yeah, I have no idea what happened to Beget. It seems it seems cruel to have just left her there. But I feel like without any a line like saying, "Oh well, a good thing we just dropped Megat off at some class M planet or something like that. And now she'll be fine." Nope, no mention of that. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, good. We left her off to to help out with the Zeta Alpha chapter of our yeah. revolution. <laughs> like there, she'll do great. She won't do great. She doesn't even know how to, where the on button is uh, on the computer bank. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Um yeah, these people this group you know gets to come down for a mission only to be holed up in a pretty much like a bridge room with somebody yep. just hanging out doing nothing important. It's a mm-hmm. bait and switch here cuz it's like, "Oh, we'll leave we'll leave Callie and Blake up there, but they get the interesting stuff with the information we want to know going on." <laughs> I know. Gans probably thinking, "Yes." David Jackson gets the script to go, "Yes, going on location, getting action and stuff." No, no you're not. You yep. run you in the are snow. Being, there you you go. are being sidestepped again, Gan. I'm so sorry. Right. Avon does get to, he gets to deck a guy, right? Like he punches that's, a dude in the face, so That's true. Yeah. Something. That's something. Uh but yeah, that's that's kind of what our heroes do. I want to go. That, so Servalon and Travis very interesting here because she's got a really delicious plan here. Like it's super devious that she's already betrayed Ensor um, by the time we hear about it, and it's off the books, complete secrecy. Mm-hmm. Travis is the only guy she's letting in on it, and he's like, uh, he's like Travis is like, you're almost as ruthless as I am. She goes, you underestimate me, Travis. He's like, it begins to look that way. But he, there's a cog here. She like one of the guy. The guy was piloting the the rocket. She blew up. His name was Marriott, and he was the guy that saved Travis's life and put the mm. like, patch on him. Um, sacrifice by Servalan. So it's real interesting. Like of who Travis is. Like, well, that upset me, but that yeah. Like there's a know. hint of loyalty there too yeah. from Travis, which is kind of like, oh, you actually cared. Very briefly, you know? Yeah, like, well, I, I think he, it was more like he knows he should feel that way about it, and should he stick to those guns, or, you know, I don't think, it feels without emotion somewhat. Yeah. Like, on paper, I'm supposed to be this way, and he's telling that to her, mm-hmm. or, you know, you shouldn't have done that, because in, our, in the process of loyalty, this doesn't work for me, but... Trying to create some yeah. strife very briefly right. between between uh, tr- uh, Travis and, and Servalan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's a, so a good scene between the two. Um, yep. Yeah, whenever they're both sharing the screen, you're in for a good time uh, with mm-hmm. these episodes. While our, our crew bumbles around in the snow, and we're setting up the next week's episode pretty much with a lot of it. Um, but you know, it it works for me mostly. I, I would say. Um, just for the snow stuff, seeing a rock quarry in the snow. Yep, um, that was good. And it's good. It's good to see that it snows in England. It's nice. It does. Uh, if, it does it anymore? <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, let me tell you. I follow enough British people on Twitter that when it snows, you know. You know when it snows because it like, it's like the world is ending. Oh, jeez. 
So it's Texas when they get a light snow <laughs> once every couple of years. <laughs> exactly. Or, or yeah. sh- uh, sprinkling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's inter- this is I I don't know this in the Serverland Travis Chronicles this might be one of the weaker ones. They you say. can tell that they're setting up for the next episode more mm-hmm. than this one, and that they haven't like neither of of um, anyone has reached uh, Ensor or Ensor's father rather, and and this mysterious mm-hmm. Orac. Uh, in so far that the 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 ending of the episode is one of the weakest little cliffhangers. This is okay. Well, let's go see Orac. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jenna set uh, set course, and like the music is queuing in over Jenna going, "Yep, setting course, standard by six. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was Were like, they planning a two-hour finale? Like that's it's... the ending. Like at least have a shot of the ship flying off at the end towards their destination. Maybe it just. You could see, you could see it's Avon. It's an Andor cliffhanger, right? Yeah, to you, keep it relevant. You could, see, that's, you could see Avon walk off, offset <laughs> behind him, which is so hilarious. It just feels like such an afterthought. It's a strange. Hurry strange up, Sally! Set. It's tea time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's it could be built up better with what they have. Like it could be edited better. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Yeah. And build I, the, like start the music up a little. Like it's yeah, it didn't. And we're supposed to, oh, one more, maybe back the feeling when you're watching TV in what, 78 is yeah. like, this maybe got you pumped. And we're <laughs> watching it retroactively and just yeah. like, well, that feels like a yawn. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it was back then too. Who knows? Not everything built up to a massive cliffhanger, I guess, in, yeah. in the 1970s. But Nobody was going to die next week. Well, wait, nope. sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> Nobody we see this week yeah. is going to die next week. Um, well, yeah, they just like, yeah, she's, I, she just looks up and boom, done. Okay, yep. I pushed a button. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Not so, the most inspiring. Not the most inspiring, but... Uh, but the episode as a whole, I thought was uh, was it's fine. Quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. it's fine. It's not. Yeah, it's it's like in the good part of the middle of good of if you rated the episodes, maybe it's like top half of the middle. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, set all setting up for next week. So does it get better if next week's great? Was this the oh it all it'll be worth it if next week's great? That's right. That's how you, I guess you're supposed to judge that thing or what people will say, but as its own, it's fine. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, the, the snowy rock quarry adds for a different kind of uh, environment we haven't seen yet in this season. Uh, we get like a dastardly plot um, with people on the, uh, the liberator bit, um, but yeah, easily mm-hmm. taken care of. It is a little bit. Just basically waiting for him to to hurry up and die before we can go back and collect the friends, basically. So that is, you know, they stay away pretty much exactly as long as they need to, uh, to help create some urgency in the uh, the plot that's on the planet. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to, hopefully we're building you up for next week's finale, folks that are listening. Better than, no, but probably not. We're probably just (laughs) as equal with it. Uh, But uh, Stephen, uh, please set our course again for Earth. But before we give it to the Federation, where can people keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter at Legopolis. I also do Doctor Who podcasts, believe it or not. Uh, Radio Free Scarrow, Lazy Doctor Who, and The Memory Cheats. That's Legopolis, like Lego, 
Logopolis, not like some town of just legs. <laughs> exactly. The, the city of legs. But hashtag the aristocrats. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. We're going to work at whysoblue.com. Uh, there's more from the Brandon Peters show next week. I believe we'll be in November. So the Tim Burton retrospective has begun on the show with Scott Mendelson and I going through everything. And I'm, you know, most people would just start at Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, nope. We are going through shorts from like 1970s and wow. things that aren't even complete that we can find, uh, including like a, a one time airing Disney Channel Hansel and Gretel thing he put out. Crazy stuff. Also doing things like Fairy Tale Theater and Alfred Hitchcock Presents that he worked on as well. But we're going through it all. Quite fun. I think you're going to like it. Uh, but listen to that. And listen to Stephen and I back here next week for the finale of Old Space Show Blake 7, Series 1. Uh, until then. If it takes all my life, I will destroy you, Blake. I will destroy you. I will destroy you. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>